I want to talk today, um, and I'm using a well-known verse from Romans 10, 17. Uh, Faith comes by hearing. Who can finish the rest of the verse? And hearing by the word of God. Well done. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The problem is, is that if you're a Christian and you're reading the Bible, sometimes it becomes a bit samey. Sometimes we kind of don't realize what we're reading. We're going through the motions and it's just in and out of our head. Do you know that if you have to ring the, the city council for something, if you have an issue with your car insurance, a whole load of different things, you're going to phone up their number and you'll get through to a call centre. There are many call centres here in Cork. And you'll speak probably to a young person and that young person will have a script in front of them. So whatever your question is, they just look at the script and they will answer your question according to whatever the script says. In actual fact, when I talk to people who've worked in the industry, they say they don't know what they're saying. They're just reading out what was given to them, which is why for a lot of people, call centers can be very frustrating. In my experience, sometimes that's what happens to us spiritually. Can you imagine when Denise and I sit down for dinner together, which we do, surprise, surprise, or we have breakfast together and we just speak to each other in script. Hello, Denise. How are you? It is a lovely day. Yes. Do you want strong coffee? I love strong coffee. Yes. I mean, what kind of a relationship is that? It's a bit like me with my grandkids. We play, I'm Grandad Robot. Hello, you know. And I'm, I speak in a robot voice, which you won't get to hear because I'm embarrassed. But I, I speak in a robot voice and they love to be little robots back to me. You can't have a relationship where you're just scripting. It has to be a bit more. The Word of God needs to come alive for you and for me. Amen? And it comes alive intellectually, but it also comes alive spiritually. Thank you, Juanita. Let's just throw up the PowerPoint. I'm going to be looking today at 1 Samuel 3. And this is a well-known passage of the Bible. But in my experience, in my opinion, it has been, it's about someone hearing God, but it's been ghettoized. It's been put into a box. And an awful lot of the time, as... Uh, Christians, we see this as being for children. But I'm here today to say this is not just for children, it's for adults as well. And so I pray, Lord, that your word would speak directly to that part of our head or that part of our heart that needs to hear what you want to say today. In Jesus' name. Here's 1 Samuel 3 and the portion of Scripture. Young Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli, the high priest. But the word of the Lord was seldom heard in those days and visions were rare. One night, Eli, whose sight was failing, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. Then the Lord spoke to Samuel, and Samuel ran to Eli, saying, Here I am. I never called you, Eli told him. It happened a second time, and again Eli said to Samuel, I never called you. Now Samuel did not know the Lord. 
Then the Lord called Samuel a third time. Again, Samuel went to Eli, but this time Eli realized the Lord was calling him. So Eli said to Samuel, go and lie down, and if the Lord calls you again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Then the Lord came and stood and called as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. He replied, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And so the Lord began to speak to Samuel. The problem with this passage of scripture is a lot of us think it's just for children. I've seen many uh, children's Bibles and Samuel is depicted more like a five-year-old. But if you look at what the Jewish historians and scholars say, and what a lot of Bible scholars believe, because of what he was doing, Samuel was much more likely to be around 15 than he was five or even 16. So we're almost certainly talking about a teenager. Now, if you're of a legalistic persuasion and you're demanding a verse from me, I can't give you a verse. We don't know the exact age of Samuel, but neither can you give me a verse that he is five. So we're evens there. So um, I'm going to go by what the educated scholars believe was the situation in the context of that culture. So Samuel is probably a teenager and here he finds himself serving the Lord and it, there wasn't a temple then, it was a tabernacle. Israel wasn't wandering in the desert, but they hadn't yet built the temple. The temple is about to be built um, within a generation or two, but they still had this big tent, if you will. It was a temporary structure, but God was there. You see, you don't need a great building for God to be here, do you? God doesn't dwell in buildings made with human hands. He dwells in people by the Holy Spirit. So this is young Samuel, and we're told that Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Samuel was in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. If you don't yet know the Lord, can I suggest and submit to you, today you're in the right place, Amen. at the right time, Amen. and you're doing the right thing. Amen. That's how God moves. And because Samuel put himself in the way of being at the right place at the right time, doing the right thing, he was in a position for God to speak and to move on him. If you read what Jesus said to uh, an anonymous guy, he was a scribe, he was the guy who wrote down uh, the scripture in Mark 12. Uh, Jesus was having a conversation with him and Jesus looked at this man, we don't know his name, but Jesus said, you're not far from the kingdom. He was very close. He hadn't yet crossed the line. Like there's a line here with tape and if I go beyond that, I've become more handsome, but if I come back <laughs> under these awful lights, he hadn't yet crossed the line, but he was very close. That's the way Samuel was. Maybe that's the way you are. If you look at the Jewish system, they would meet in a place called a synagogue, like a Jewish church. And in the Jewish community, there were three people groups. The Jews, those who were born Jews. The converts, they weren't born Jews, but they had converted. They were known as proselytes. But there was a third group called the God-fearers. They tended to sit down the back, not 
any aspiration about anyone sitting down the back here. But they would kind of be at the back of the synagogue. They hadn't converted, but they feared God. They were accepted as part of the Jewish commonwealth or community, and they were allowed to journey and have a spiritual journey. A healthy New Testament church should always allow for people to have their spiritual journey. Amen? Amen. We shouldn't have to be something, we can journey and find God. So maybe you're a God-fearer today. Maybe you're someone who hasn't quite crossed that line yet. Well, you're in good company because Samuel changed the future. Samuel heard God's voice and through Samuel, a whole nation, millions of people, a whole generation, the spiritual atmosphere changed. Why? Because one guy heard God call him and he responded. It can only take one guy or one girl and God can change the world. Hallelujah. If you look at the context and anyone who studied literature in university will know this. A thing called metaphor or symbols. All of the symbols that are listed tell of a spiritually dark place. We're told, for example, that Eli, the actual high priest himself, He was trying to be good, but he wasn't great, and his sight was failing. He was going blind. Not quite blind, but almost blind. That's a spiritual metaphor. The people of Israel weren't close to God. We're told that everyone here was half asleep. It was the night time. Again, a symbol of people being half asleep spiritually and darkness creeping in. We're also told that the lamp of the Lord was dim. It hadn't yet gone out. Again, a symbol of the darkness coming in. If you want to look in the New Testament, we can see the lamp or the candle. Sometimes it's translated as in the New Testament churches in Revelation and God talking about removing moving the lamp and God will do that in churches churches that are just making a mockery of God playing a game he'll remove the lamp and then you're just going through a dead ritual and you know what I don't want to give my life to a dead ritual I want to give my life to a living community serving God hallelujah where people's lives are changed so this was the darker domain can I submit to you and suggest it's not unlike Europe today Ireland included It's getting dark spiritually. More and more people are turning away from God. But in the midst of the darkness, there's a light shining. And communities like this are all over the country and all over Europe where God is doing something different. We're also told in verse 1 that the word of the Lord was seldom heard in those days and that visions were rare. And this was referring to prophets, to people prophesying, and visions are part of the prophetic ministry. Yes, there was some of the written word back then, but they also had prophets prophesying, but there was almost no prophets, and visions were rare. And what sometimes scares me is some churches are quite okay with that. No prophets, no visions, nothing. Yes, we have the word of God, which is the most important, but we need the Holy Spirit. And we need God to speak a fresh word, a today word. You have the written word, which is called the Logos. But in the Greek, you also had the Rhema word, which was the living word. Very often, it will be part of the Bible that just comes alive in your situation. 
sometimes if I find God isn't really, if I'm not hearing the Lord, when I'm on my own, might be in the car, I might be at home, I start reading the Bible out loud. I just keep reading the verses out loud and I hear myself and something always happens. I don't think it's because of me. I just think God sees I'm trying and he breaks through. Here's the question for you. Do you think God wants to speak to you? You, an individual, do you think God wants to speak to you? About half of us believe that. That's the extroverts, the introverts are probably saying yes on the inside. Okay, I love what A.W. Tozer said, very interesting Bible scholar. God is not silent. It is the nature of God to speak. The second person of the Holy Trinity is called the Word. The reason you and I were created first day was so that God could have fellowship, community with us. God said, let us make man in our image that we might have fellowship with him, men and women. God wants to connect with us. So if in your mind or in your heart or if I have this attitude, we need to change it. If we think if God speaks, it's just really rare and it's incredible. And yes, it is. But this should be part of our everyday. When we read the Bible, it should be speaking into your everyday life. It's not just... It's boom, boom, boom. I know it's not going to be boom all the time, but God will speak into you. How often, when I've just done my daily Bible, devotional Bible reading, the verse hops off the page. I have to say this, and maybe some of you who are around the while have heard me say it before, but if we don't get this right, we're only playing a game. We have to hear God for ourselves. Amen? Amen. And we have to know that the Bible is speaking to us and that God is connecting with us. We're told that the Lord called Samuel and he called him by name. And that's what the Bible promises us. Can I ask honestly, has anyone here either, maybe not verbally, but you know the inner voice or true circumstances, God has called you at some stage in your life. If that's you, would you put up your hand? You know the Lord has called you. Praise God. Okay, that's about two-thirds of us, and we're going to pray before we leave. Everyone will hear that. Amen? Amen? Everybody will hear God calling them. The Lord called Samuel, and he didn't understand what was going on, and so he called him a second time and a third time. This is really important. God will always confirm if you're not sure it's God, just say, Lord, I'm not sure. You're reading something in the Bible or some prophecy comes or an event happens in your life and it's kind of mysterious to you. Tell God. Ask God to speak clearly. He's not a God of confusion. He will speak clearly into your situation. If you need to make a decision, the Holy Spirit will speak clearly into you. Would anyone say amen? amen? This is the God of the Bible. The problem is we don't often hear it. Let me tell you um, of a story. When Denise and I were two years married, I remember one evening, it was November, it was a Thursday evening around about this time, and we were living in Pambury Orchard between Toker and Wilton. And I remember about half past nine, Denise was going up to bed because she had to get up for work early the next morning. And I said, I'll join you in a few minutes. I was just going to finish what I was reading. I can clearly remember we had a lovely, comfortable sofa. I was sitting in the sofa, loads of cushions around me. Uh, 
and the fire was lighting, and the music was on, and there was a nice soft light, and I was just reading, and life was lovely, and I was going to go up to my lovely wife in about a quarter of an hour. And as I'm reading, it's very windy outside. In fact, it was stormy. And as I'm there, and I'm reading, I hear on the window. That's just the wind. But then, about a minute later, on the window now, not the door. So I said, there's a tree near the window. The branches must be banging up against the window. It's just the storm. But don't you know, I heard it another time. And I remember the third time, I remember saying to myself, I'm tired, I'm comfortable, I don't want to get up to the window. What's going on? And honestly, I was a bit kind of spooked, like, who knocks on your window when you're about to go to bed? Anyway, the knock happened again, and I just said, it must be someone there or something there. And as I went, I was saying, oh God, this is the devil, you know? I, I didn't know. <laughs> I was reading too much of uh, Jesus being tempted in the desert or something. So anyway, I turned off the light and I pulled back the curtains and I nearly jumped out of my skin. I saw a face looking in the window at me. <sighs> but it wasn't the devil. It was a guy called Declan. Declan O'Regan, if you're watching. Um, and when, before we had children, we used to often have people from the church we were in who needed a place to stay, uh, who were not from the city. So this guy was from West Cork. He was doing a course and he used to spend about four nights a week in the house. But it was him and it was a perished face. And when I went and let him in, he said, I knew Denise was gone to bed. I could see the light on upstairs. I didn't, but I saw the light downstairs. I didn't want to ring the bell and wake her up, but I forgot my key and I can't get in. And I said, and why didn't you just sleep down the road there or something like? I was comfortable here. <laughs> What's the moral of the story? Sometimes, and Mike shared it at the beginning, the storm going on in your life can drown out the voice of God. Not that God's voice isn't clearly there, but all we hear is everything else. And sometimes we have to tune in and say, you know what, Lord, I want to hear you. I don't want to hear circumstances. I want to hear you. In fact, John 10, 27, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Hallelujah. Is it any clearer? Are you a sheep? <laughs> there any goats out there? What about a wolf? Any wolves? <laughs> the Bible also talks about dogs, but we won't go down that road. I take it that we're all sheep, and if we're not sheep, we're almost sheep. My sheep hear my voice. Part of the deal for you to be a successful Christian is that somehow you can hear God. Not in some crazy... I'm on my own up on the top of a tree way, but in an everyday, healthy, spiritual way. The most asked question as a pastor I've always been asked is, how can I hear God's voice? I've been asked this more than any other question over the decades, more than relationships, more than money, more than healing, more than anything. How can I hear God's voice? Actually, it really encourages me because it shows me that person wants to please God. 
So how does God speak to us? Some of you have heard this before, but this is bread and butter. This is something we have to know in our lives. First of all, he speaks through the Bible. Amen? Amen. So that's why it's important to read or listen to the Bible as often as we can. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is profitable. Every verse is good for your soul. Do you know, I remember an old Christian man years ago saying, even when I used to read the genealogies in the Old Testament, like he was the son of this fella, the son of that fella, and the son of that fella. And this guy shared, I was reading them one day, and then I became a Christian. I says, what? From reading them? I, I usually skip them. And he looked at me, oh my God, as if I... <laughs> I won't go there now. But he looked at me and he said, as I read through the genealogies, I said, with this type of detail, how can I not trust the word of God? God can speak through anything. All scripture, every Bible verse is profitable for you and you and you and you and you and you and, you and me. Amen? Amen? So read the Bible, listen to it. It's God's love letter to us. The prophetic in Acts 11, we see a prophet called Agabus who warns the early Christian church, a, a famine is coming. And they prepared and they were able to help believers who were affected by the famine as the years went on. It happened all over the Roman Empire. You can look up the dates. It's a historical fact. But before it happened, the prophet prophesied. In fact, the Bible says God does nothing without first revealing it to his servants. Anyone know the rest? The prophets. God will always reveal what's about to happen through the prophetic ministry. So there are people with the prophetic ministry in this church and we need to encourage them. Can you say amen? amen. Not unto disorder or lunacy. And sometimes that has happened and people throw the baby out with the bat water. That's a huge mistake and it is the rock we will perish on. Let's encourage those who have the prophetic ministry because perhaps God will speak to you at a vital time in your life and confirm something or initiate it. So we need the prophetic and those who have that ministry. Wise advice is a third way. Proverbs 15.22, in a multitude of advisors or counselors, there is wisdom. So we need good advice. If it's from a mature Christian who has no agenda but wants your best, listen to them. God can speak through them. I'll go further. The word of God could be in their voice. They could be telling something that God wants to say to you. Are you a lone ranger? Have you any room for the second opinion in your life? If you don't have a second opinion in your life, can I plead with you? You're not in a great place. You're not in a great place. If it's just you and Jesus on your own, you're not in a great place. Have one or two who you trust, who can speak into your life, and you can say, this is what I read in the Bible. I don't know. Johnny had a prophecy that seemed to speak into it. What do you think? Do you think this could be of God? And if you trust them, God can speak through them. So don't be isolated. Have good people in your lives. Amen? Amen? People that are for you. Open and close doors. Acts 16, I love it. Paul and the guys were going to a place called Bithynia to preach the gospel. But we're told the door closed. The Holy Spirit forbade them. He wouldn't allow them go there. 
But that night Paul had a dream because God speaks through dreams as well. And in the dream he had a dream of a man from a place called Macedonia saying please come and preach the gospel in our area. And so they changed direction and they went to Macedonia. You see, open doors and closed doors in your life, God can speak to you through them. If a door closes in your life, can I suggest to you, just say a prayer. Lord, what are you telling me here? You really wanted that job and you're refused? What are you saying, Lord? You really wanted to get that apartment and you can't? What are you saying, Lord? A door opens and you didn't even pray about it? Is God speaking to you? Open and closed doors are one of the ways that God will speak to you and it's the voice of God. Also, finally, peace within. Philippians 4, 7 tells us that he will give us the peace that passes all understanding. In other words, it doesn't make sense, but you are so good inside in your soul. Your circumstances say one thing, but in your soul you've got peace, man. You've got the peace that passes all understanding. It's another sign that God is speaking to you. So if you're looking and asking God to speak to you, can I suggest if it's a major decision, have at least three of these five things. I personally will be greedy and I'll want four. But God will speak to you. Ask the Lord, ask him to show you what is he saying. So my question today is, can you hear the Lord? Is he speaking to you? I remember when my kids were small, and I know many people as adults have had it as well, you get a buildup of wax in your ear, and you go to the doctor, and he very simply just syringes some liquid in your ear, and it's in and out, and a whole load of wax will come out. It's not a nice kind of thing to see, but what a difference it makes for your hearing. Can I suggest that sometimes we have spiritual wax built up in our ears, and in our private walk with God, we're not hearing him. We're not hearing him. So we need to hear the Lord. So I believe the Lord wants to syringe, as it were, some of our ears and help us and help us to hear what he wants to say. Because if we get this right, we really are in a much better position and we're much stronger for it. Psalm 42. How many know this beautiful psalm? As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. So my soul longs for you. When can I go and meet with my God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, my Savior and my Lord. Are you thirsty? Are you aching to hear God speaking to you? If you're not, I'm going to pray that you will. And if you are, I pray you'll hear him speak, even this week. So we're going to-